Hey there, you got Jeff. I've got about 15 seconds before my dog barks again, so I'll make this quick. If you're looking to connect with other customer success leaders who are trying to operationalize customer success in their companies, come over to gaingrowretain.com and join now. Welcome to the Gain, Grow, Retain podcast. All right. Hello, hello. Uh, we're bringing in John Wood of 3Tech which is a uh, delivery partner and uh, consulting for customer success. So we've had the chance to meet John here over the last several months and have been noodling around the idea of just throwing out what we're uh, thinking of here as jam sessions. We'll have to come up with a uh, more creative name, but um, really bite-sized piece of content, trying to keep it really short, probably under 10 minutes if we can. We'll, uh, we'll try and see if that holds true. But um, first topic that we had today was really the uh, the dynamic between marketing and customer success. Um, I think we see this more and more um, in the businesses that we're working with is that there is this blurred line now of current customer marketing and who handles it, how do they do it, um, what technology do you use? So um, John, I'm curious just right off the bat, like what is your first instinct when I say, you know, kind of current customer marketing What's the, the thought process in your mind as you kind of navigate that channel and, and trying to figure out who holds that responsibility? Yeah. So, I mean, first off, thanks for having me on. I'm happy to be here. Um, yeah. So when I think of customer marketing, you know, I think of it maybe from a consumer perspective and reinforcing purchasing decisions, um, you know, and in the SaaS space, the, the, the ease to, to switch products and things like that. I think being able to reinforce that purchasing decision with positive business outcomes, embracing change as you, as you migrate from, you know, maybe spreadsheets to a technology solution or one technology solution to another, I think is, is kind of the first thing that comes to mind, just basically making the customer feel welcome and that they made the right decision. Uh, I think it's, it kind of starts there in my mind anyways. And then it obviously can, can go on to, um, you know, leading into how, uh, let's see, what did I have here? Sorry, I'm just taking a step back. You know, you, building a customer network, nurturing campaigns, yeah, creating knowledge bases and basically allowing the customers to kind of come together. Because I think especially in SaaS, when you look at onboarding and the implementation concept, it's gone away from that being led by the software companies or the vendor per se. And now the customers kind of want to lead that or kind of... It, jump into that on their own. And I think the intersection of customer succession and marketing really empowers the customer to be able to, to embrace that change and kind of have control of that change and really get involved in adopting the product. Um, and I think that marketing and customer success really need to work together to provide the right content, learning materials, et cetera, to the customer to really, you know, move forward with that change process. Yeah. I like the way you, the way you, position that in terms of reinforcing the buying decision and like making them feel good. I think we always talk about, you know, there is that um, almost that point right after you make the purchase, right. Where you just go through the, what we think of as the trough of despair. I think that uh, was probably coins from one of the management consulting firms, but you know, it's uh, right after I kind of signed the contract and now I realize I have to go through implementation and I'm not going to get the direct benefit for a period of time. And so I do, I think that's an interesting way you put it though, that um, I do think there's this gap that we continue to see where as soon as the customer signs the contract, it is content like, oh, here's your login. Oh, here is where you need to go get training. And it's not a, 
it's almost like there is this missing link there or this missing step that is like, hey, right after they sign the contract, we should be reinforcing the things that they can accomplish with the software, reinforcing that we understand their business and where they need to get to and why they've chosen, you know, the software that we've uh, given to them, you know, they bought from us. And so I think it is interesting. I didn't think about it until right now, but just reinforcing that decision almost is like that first step that should happen in what you think of as onboarding after they sign the contract. Yeah, you know, I think you see it more in consumer products and I'm by no means a marketing expert, but you know, from a consumer perspective, when you go and purchase a product, whether it's a SaaS product in a B2B space or it's, you know, just buying a new iPhone or something, I think you almost, you do the research up front, you purchase the product kind of through, you know, again, it's emotional decisions probably more in the, in the consumer space and in the business space. Obviously, there's a lot more that goes into it, but it's still similar where as you start to, look to implement the product and onboard yourself on it, you're probably going back to those reviews and the, and, and getting into more detail because you're actually thinking about it like, like a user now, not as, as somebody who's coming at it from a, from just a purchasing decision. So there's a lot, I think there's a lot, you position the value a little bit differently. You're not looking at it, you know, from the outside in, you're looking at it from the inside out. And I think that there's a lot of marketing that can be done. And that is done in a lot of cases to sort of reinforce that decision um, and make you feel good about the, the purchase that you've made, the decision that you've made, and what that product can do for you. And I think that, you know, again, marketing can play a huge role in that, whether it's pushed to them through, you know, email marketing campaigns or onboarding materials, or whether the, the, the customer actually goes out and actively seeks that off the website and that, you know, maybe there's, there's content that's more focused on your early customer base to really reinforce those decisions. And like you said, sort of alleviate the, the, the concerns and the sort of like post, post-purchase depression that you might get with, oh, wow, now I've just, I've bought this product that's supposed to make my life, my business world a lot easier, but now I've got to actually go through all this additional work to implement it. Um, bummer. (laughs) So, so if you can go on a customer networks and knowledge bases and there's nurturing campaigns to just make you feel a little bit better, um, maybe you won't have that knee jerk reaction to, to jump off the product. Yeah. Which, you know, again, I don't, I don't have any stats on how often that happens, but, um, you know, I, I'm sure that it does. And, and I know that we all kind of feel it in those purchasing decisions just as consumers. Yeah. And I think that what you also mentioned there too, is almost like the evolution of thinking outside of just one specific marketing channel, deliver that message too, right? It's uh, the world we live in now, there's so many ways to get to an answer and there's so many ways that a customer wants to engage with our business. And so, um, email marketing is just one channel and one aspect of kind of the overall arc of what you can do with the marketing now. And so I, I do think like customer knowledge base is another avenue, right? It should be kind of a collaboration um, between a, a number of departments there um, to come up with what that knowledge base looks like, both internally and externally. Um, like you mentioned, you know, use your communities and trying to build um, the actual a community around your software and around the industry that you're in and really facilitating great discussions and making sure people can go kind of get industry best practices or software best practices. So I think that's another um, aspect that we continue to see uh, as well in these later companies that we're working with is they're um, starting to build just more robust programs and almost have kind of program leaders, right? There's kind of somebody that sits under marketing who is um, working on these current customer uh, marketing campaigns, if you think about them like that, and they're 
you know, kind of sidecarring with somebody from customer success. They might sometimes bring in um, product and engineering if there's a, a need there, you know, to get some of that expertise. So I, I do think it um, it's a little hard to specifically delineate it's one person or one department's responsibility. But how do you think, you know, is there, do you think that responsibility of current customer marketing still kind of lives on the marketing team? And, and then it's um, kind of cross-functionally executed or um, like if you were sitting in a boardroom, right. And somebody was like, okay, who's, you know, if I need uh, kind of one person to be the lead on this, um, is it marketing, customer success, product? Like, where do you, where would you kind of think about that? How much budget do I have to work with? Um, <laughs> yeah. So, so uh, you know, I, I think it depend. I think it really depends on the maturity of the co- of the organization. You know, an early stage company is going to come at this a totally different way than than a more mature company. And growth stage companies, again, they'll 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 probably be somewhere in the middle. I think as if you look from a more mature perspective. I think you can either have somebody, you know, on the marketing team that is more customer centric and more focused on customer success and very close to that, or even a CSM that comes from a marketing background that has the domain expertise and the product expertise and really understands your customer's story to be able to position this. So I think that the short answer is if you're mature, I think you can have almost a specific customer focused marketing person. I, I think that that would be, that would be, the best decision. Maybe they're more of a marketer than they are customer success to really, because at the end of the day, you're doing marketing and they need to really understand the, the tools and, you know, the content writing, um, tactics and things like that. So, um, you know, I think you can approach it in a number of different ways. I think if you're earlier or growth stage, you're probably going to have to look at it as more of a cross-functional kind of a team approach. And maybe the customer success people sort of write up, the the marketing campaign so to speak and then the marketers do their thing to it because certainly if you get a thousand words from a customer success person that's super detailed it's probably not going to get consumed so the marketers are going to have to do their thing and make it consumable um, from a content perspective so yeah i think i think it depends on where you are if if you got the budget I, i think it probably would be a good idea and i think even hubspot some of these people have kind of come out to say like customer marketing is a thing you should have a customer marketer so um, to steal from them, I would say, if you got the budget, create a customer marketer or, or build one or, or hire one. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm in that same boat. And I think we're seeing the same thing too with the, like you were talking about the later stage company is starting to actually put a position and focus on it. Um, and I think the other thing that's been interesting, especially in, in our work is as you start to look at these uh, customer success tools specifically, right? They give you kind of the access um, to all the post sale customer interactions that you're having and you can pull in you know data from every source that you have in terms of ticketing data support data um looking at um you know where they are in terms of uh, their maturity with your product looking at uh usage metrics there's so much you can pull in and now they're actually adding in this element of um, some of these email campaigns that you can actually execute through the platform as well so i think that's where you know, again, talking about where the responsibility lies and what platforms and everything to use, but it really just starts that there has to be this great discussion that has to happen now between marketing and customer success, because the other kind of on the, the fear that's starting to happen is um, what if we send a campaign to uh, a segment of customers and marketing, you know, and I'm in customer success and then marketing does the same thing. And now we're double messaging, we're confusing the customer. And so I think that's just a part of the, almost like the customer journey evolution and then that discussion between um, customer success and marketing to really make sure it's like we have clear delineation of who's sending what from what system, 
and the business requirements are all outlined um, to avoid any of the confusion that, that that can create among the customer base. Yeah, absolutely. I firmly agree. I mean, you know, that's the worst thing you can do with your customers is to, is to look like you're not communicating internally. So creating a centralized owner of, okay, well maybe customer success does do the marketing, but it should come from marketing so that they're controlling the ultimate message and you're not, you know, over communicating and flooding your, your, your customers with emails and things and just, you know, creating frustration there. So yeah, I, I fully agree with all that. That's, that's, you know, I think that's business 101 is trying to do that internal communication. Although I think we all, we all fumble there, uh, you know, in business is just, you know, it's from, from the goodness of our hearts, we're trying to do the best for the customer. But um, a lot of times, you know, we, we sort of mess up by, by going direct. Um, yeah. And you know, another thing that, that comes to mind on this is, um, yeah, well, I just lost my train of thought, but, um, another thing that comes to mind is that you sort of building the advocates and, and how you do that. And I think that, you know, if you look at more mature companies, it's, you're trying to create advocates with your customers, I think as a, as a goal and, and get them very happy. And like, you know, the, I think the end game is building these customer advocates that will almost do this marketing for you in a way and, and share your content and say things about your product. I mean, again, I think that's the dream world for all SaaS companies, but some of them are, are kind of there. And I think, you know, companies like Drift and things like that, whatever you think about their product, I think their marketing campaigns are in such a way that, that they build these advocates of people that want to talk about their company. Um, and I think that's, that's a great place to be as, a, as an organization. Yeah. Yeah, I was actually um, listening to a couple of podcasts uh, this morning while I was walking the dogs. And um, one of the aspects that they were talking about was uh, building brand advocates and how many different interfaces or applications or kind of uh, areas that you can just go spout knowledge or spout your experiences as a user or consumer, right? I can go to Facebook, I can go to um, G2 Crowd, I can um, post on my Twitter, right? There's so many different ways for me to actually um, kind of talk praise about a product or even, you know, talk bad about a product. And so um, I think that's true. You're starting to see these companies that really embrace building advocates, almost giving like more opportunities than not for their customers to go like do that, you know, freely on uh, specific platforms. I think there's just this um, with a company like Drift, like you were mentioning, there's this inherent um, because you, see Dave Gerhard on LinkedIn all the time and he talks, you know, the way he does and the marketing that he um, throws out there. I feel like that probably builds this um, sense in other people, you know, if I like the product and it's like, man, I'm going to go, you know, do some of those same things and tell them about how much I love this product just because I've, I've seen it before. And it, um, it's almost like the concept of like, if I see somebody do it, then I'm more, more uh, likely to go do that action myself. And so I think you're starting to see that as well, but um, it's hugely important as you grow to have those brand advocates because you're not always going to have uh, the sales channel you think you are. You're not always going to have, um, you know, the ability to upsell every single customer um, that you have. And so if you can find those right advocates, like hopefully what they can start doing is just start infusing that into um, to other cultures, be a word of mouth for you. So um, I think it becomes hugely important. Yeah. It just rein reinforces the story of your business and what, you know, what, the message that you're trying to get across and the business outcomes that you're trying to drive. And, and it all goes back to, it's more than just logos on a slide. It's, it's, you know, each one of those logos will hopefully have a story because they're an advocate and then that can drive back into your, your acquisition funnel as well. And that, you know, 
people that are going out and looking to to purchase your product for the first time are also delving into this network that you've built within your customer base. Um, so you're not only getting the retention and the, and the, you know, the, the expansion that, that you, that you want, but you're also feeding your acquisition funnel as well. Um, so again, it just goes back to, I think it's a great marketing strategy, albeit I'm not a professional marketer, but <laughs> I, from my perspective, if as a consumer and as a customer, I just think that the more that you can do to, to, to reinforce the purchasing decision, build brand advocates, I think the better off you you'll be as an organization. And again, it's going to be a different tactic for early stage companies and you're not going to have the budget. You're not going to have the people, but if you can start kind of building that culture and nurturing that base as best you can with what you have now, when you get to the growth stage, when you get to the mature stage, you'll have already, it'll just be natural for the organization. Compound effect almost. Exactly. Awesome. Well, uh, John, this was fun. You know, quick, quick 15 minute jam session here on our uh, first try. So hopefully uh, we can start to come up with some more topics and start to do this on a regular basis. But I think it's great, you know, given um, the businesses that we've both built and, you know, lucky to have uh, kind of connected with you through LinkedIn and some of the other channels. But um, I think this is going to be a, a fun thing that we'll hopefully uh, keep going and start releasing these episodes on uh, both of our podcasts and both of our social networks. But hopefully it just, um, we can get some good lively discussion. So uh, we'll look for this again here uh, pretty soon if we can get some time on the calendar and uh, tackle another topic. Cool. Yeah, Jeff, thanks. I've had, yeah, I've had a blast. So um, it's always fun to kind of noodle on, on ideas and especially in areas that maybe you're a little bit less comfortable. Um, but yeah, I've, I've had, a, had a blast. So thanks for having me on. Look forward to the next time.